is the Daddy Sharps Podcast. Welcome everyone to episode 31. My name is Luke. And I'm John. We're just a couple of dads who like to make the sharpest bets we can. That's right, John. And we're just a couple of dads who break down the fights that your buddies are too square to break down. Ooh, and this week we're breaking down UFC 287, but not the fights you're thinking about. Not at all. 287 and episode 31, a milestone. We're into the 30s, my friend. Oh, I can't believe it. Our, our, our podcast is middle-aged now. You're middle-aged. We're middle-aged. <laughs> First, though, hey, like we do every week, we're going to look at our best bets from UFC Fight Night in San Antonio. We got a recap. This was way back in March. It seems like for ages ago after the final four and the final and the elite eight and all of that. Oh yes. my gosh. Oh my gosh, John. And I'll tell you quite frankly, UFC fight night, we were robbed. We went, <laughs> we, were. we, we went two and zero. we went two and zero, and we would have been four and zero on our best bets, but we saw two canceled fights. Unbelievable. All right, I'll, I'll start us out. First of all, I made Victor, Altamirano to win a best bet. The fight went the way it was supposed to be. All three rounds. An easy, unanimous decision. That's the winner. Next, I picked Manuel Torres to beat Trey Ogden. It was going to happen. Destiny was on my side. Yes. Picked it to finish. I wanted Torres to finish in this one. That was my best bet. Yep. Here's the thing. We record and publish our podcast on Wednesday nights, folks. Uh, on Friday, one day before the fight, hours before the fight, Torres announced a medical issue. MMA junkie reporting that the medical issue was not related to cutting weight for the fight, but that just leaves us with a big who knows what happened. Cancellation. Uh, so, you, so you're thinking on our best bets. That could never happen again, right? Two canceled fights? Nope, never. Just, Just wait, folks. So I went with Nate Landwehr versus Austin Lingo. My best bet there was Landwehr. Easy win here as Landwehr submits Lingo in round two. And Luke, like we were talking about ages ago, the only thing I was worried about on this bet was Landwehr and if the showman would show up or the killer would show up. Well, this was the smartest fight I've ever seen Landwehr do. But if you get some time, you save the showman's the showman skills for the post-fight interview. And this guy can rock a microphone. So if you get a chance, go check out that post-fight interview. And then I had Cop versus Perez. My best bet was Cop. Well, this one got canceled 20 minutes before uh, it was supposed to happen. You're kidding me. Oh, Perez. I and remember in the last podcast, I said, if Perez makes it into the cage, I'm probably going to win this bet. This is Perez's 11th canceled fight since 2020. Just there saying. This guy gets in the octagon. I'm putting money against him. I don't think he wants to be there. Crazy. Nope. Crazy. Doesn't want to be there. No. So let's move on to this week, Luke. Let's break down UFC 287. Shall we? All right. Yes. I like how you cover things in this podcast, my friend. Ooh. And here we go. We're going to kick it off with two featherweights going head to head. We've got Shyland, the Wolverine. Nordam Becca. That's amazing. Favored against Steve Mean Machine Garcia. Mm. 
the Wolverine favorite a little bit slightly in this one, minus 225. Hey, man, I'm just going to, you know what? I, I know you've probably noticed this in, in our podcast here. I'm going to name every nickname that I can. I, like I think it. that's I think that's the funniest part yes. right there. Like, shows a creativity. <laughs> what would our nicknames be? You know, we don't have to think mm. about it right now, but you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. That like could be a deep guys. dive on a later date. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Deep dive on a later date. That's mm-hmm. what John said. All right. All right. Shylon, the 28-year-old, is a great fighter on paper. <laughs> He's a wrestler, which you like, right? You yes, like wrestlers. Yes, You're I do. You're a wrestler. Yes. But there's no doubt in my mind that his impressive record is padded. 39 and 10 is his record, which is amazing, right? Yes. Come on, man. He did all that in just seven years as a mixed martial artist. Ooh, uh, he had a, a little, few weeks off. A little padded for me. Most of his wins came in Chinese regional leagues, and then he went 10 and 1 in the Chinese MMA Super League. Not dissing the league. I'm, I'm just saying it's a lot yes. of fights in that many years. So he's 3 and 1 in the UFC, which is pretty good. But his three wins came against older, average fighters, including Sean Soriano, who is 0 and 5 in the UFC. Mm. So as much as the UFC wants Shylon to win here, it's it's obvious to me that they do. I'm just yeah. not buying it. On the other side, let's talk about Garcia. Garcia is a boxer, pure boxer. He has 10 KOs. He lands more strikes than Shylon. Shylon will not in this fight be able to go toe-to-toe. So he will try and grab and hold Garcia like he's done in his last two wins, which he won by decision. Boring fights. There's a case to be made that this fight goes to the judges, and I think a decision could favor Shylon. I mean, there's a, there's a good argument to make there. However, I'm telling you, Shylon is overhyped. Too much money being thrown at him. I like Garcia's relentless pitbull mentality in this one. I think he could hurt Shylon big time, but I will take the safer bet in this one and just make my best bet Garcia to win not by finish, although I think there's a good chance for a KO. John, I'm I'm tailing like? I'm tailing Ooh, you on that bet, sir. I, 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 made, I like I that bet case. as well. Yeah, it's plus money. I'm tailing you on it. Plus, uh, Garcia is the much bigger guy. Thirty nine and ten. I mean, come thirty nine and ten. Twenty eight years old. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Come and on. Garcia is is he tower? He towers over the Wolverine, my man. The Wolverine might be the actual size of a Wolverine. That's how short he is. <laughs> Very short in this weight class. <laughs> He's got legs like tree trunks. But, That's true. That's but true. He, he does not like to box. So you said that fight might be boring. Well, this next fight might be fight of the night. This one's going to be all action, and I really like a guy in it. Rob Font versus Adrian Yanez. Yanez minus 185. That's my best bet. I'm going to start with Font on this one, however. He's on a two-loss streak, took losses to Vera and Aldo, a championship contender and a UFC Hall of Famer. In those two fights, he outstruck the opponents a combined 420 to 245. But get this, he still lost both fights. What? The issue, Font's punches don't have any sting anymore, Luke. And I believe his 35-year-old chin is finally catching up to him. Hear me out on this. Font, his first 14 fights in the UFC, never a knockdown surrendered. In the last two fights against Aldo and Vera, this guy was knocked down five times. He's outpunching his opponents, but the damage he's taking is so bad the judges are siding with the opponent every single time, despite a two-to-one land rate. 
On the other side, on paper, he is fighting Yanez, who is a horrible matchup for him on paper. This guy's a talented striker with dynamite in his hands. Yanez, 5-0 in the UFC, has only gone to the judges' scorecards once in the UFC, split decision against your favorite fighter, Davey Grant, who's kind of a, a hard one to figure out. Yeah, Yanez, yeah. master of destruction. I'm going to go a little, a little rocky on you there. This guy's a master of destruction. When he touches you... You're going down, you might go to sleep. Six knockdowns and six UFC fights with wow. five knockouts. Since 2017, Yanez has only lost two fights, both by split decision on a lower level. I love Yanez here. I think the power is going to be a major factor, and I think it's going to show up in the scorecards if it gets that far. Oh, if. I if. love that. So if. you've got him to win. Yes. But you think it could be a KO. I think it could be a KO. And I think like it's going it. to be a very exciting fight. Like it. Yeah, I'm with you on Yanez. And I think you're going to see a common theme throughout this podcast that I don't think we differ on a lot of fights in this no, one. I think we're, to get, we're together. <laughs> let's see. Let's see, though. I think this is a great card. Moving on to another middleweight bout for my next, next best bet. I got Kelvin Gastelum. Favored slightly over Chris Curtis. I think the number last check was minus 120. I, you, you might call me crazy, John. You might. You might. Mm, I, mm. I'm making Gaslam to win my best bet. Is that crazy? Oh, this one. This one's too close for me. I, I just can't tell with Gaslam and that recent performances. I know. I know. But <laughs> but I, I broke it down further since the last time we talked. So let's go ahead and continue to talk about Curtis first because that's where all the chatter is right on yeah. Curtis he's been hot since his UFC de- uh, UFC debut he's four and one but John you yeah. mentioned when we talked about this earlier yep. the one fight he had against Herm- Hermanson yeah where he seemed to fall apart right I yeah mentally he just lost it in that fight. It didn't, it wasn't going his way. And it's almost like he gave up third round. He's flipping double birds. Uh, he didn't want to engage in the wrestling. He wanted to stand up horrible. Just yeah. And it. then Hermanson had a, had a response for him with those double birds too. And I, I saw in an interview that it was F U P word. <laughs> we decided not to curse on this podcast, but yep. uh <laughs> Yep. <laughs> maybe we, we, we should put in some bleeps. We'll do that later on. <laughs> All right, so look, look, I'm not sold on Curtis here either. Hermanson no. made 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 that fight a boring fight. No takedowns. He tried six, couldn't get him. Uh, so what was telling for me after I watched that fight was how Curtis reacted. Just what you said. He did not react to that fight strategy the way he probably should have. It was different than anything he's seen. He's a showman. He likes to be flashy. He likes the big wins. But that's yep. not what he got. He couldn't adjust. And it wasn't anything that he had seen before in UFC. In Curtis's follow-up fight, he KO'd Joaquin Buckley in the second. But if you watch that fight and you're and you're being true to yourself and you're trying to handicap these guys, then you're going to tell the truth and this is what it is. Up until then, in the second, Buckley was out-punching Curtis. He was punching him at will. Lefts, right, uppercuts. And then Buckley threw a kick, left kick. Never protected himself. His arms were down to his side. It, yep. it, this is kickboxing 101. You got to put that right <laughs> hand up on the left hand on the left kick. You got to do it to protect yourself. Curtis caught him with a one punch. That was it. Game over. Let's yeah. talk about Gastelum. 
still in his prime, still in better shape, I think. Uh, he's one in five in his last six fights. That's a big negative, big red flag. But, you know, Curtis absorbs more strikes. Gaslam can take anyone to the mat. He's he's more he's the more experienced fighter. We can talk about, like, that kind of stuff and stats and things all day long. But But there's those intangibles that I love, and you know I love them. And I've got one right here for you. Much more than than any of the stats can can paint. Yes. Gastelum is a guy who was a title contender. He got his shot at the belt. He's a fighter who doesn't quit. Watch any of his fights. He looks like he should be knocked out. I hear I hear Joe Rogan saying, call the fight, call the fight, end the fight, end the fight. <laughs> the guy doesn't end. He doesn't quit. He doesn't quit. And he needs a win here. This yes. is a combination of skill, heart, and desperation. And that combination scares the heck out of me. It should scare you. It should scare Curtis. My best bet is Gastelum to win. I like it. Funny thing about Gastelum, he only loses the guys in the top 10. We were talking about that before. He's he's one in five, but these guys that he's fighting are top of the division. Does Curtis belong in the top of the division? I don't no, think so. No, step, he doesn't. Step below there. <laughs> he doesn't. And what I'm going toward is, is pedigree. So if you're fighting at that level and you're getting those shots and you're getting losses, it, it's not – there's a there's a weight there, right? There's a scale. Yeah. yeah. The, those losses are not weighted as much as if, if you lost to someone who was not in the top 10. It's just yes. not, and it shouldn't be, quite frankly. The guy is sticking in there with every one of those fights – Two of his last losses were decisions. Think about yep. that against pretty good fighters. So yeah. does that mean he's a bad fighter? I don't think so. And when we go back to Hermanson uh, and, and that fight, you know, then we're talking about whether or not Chris Curtis, did his stock go down? Yeah, I think it did. I think, I so. think it did. Show, think it he, did. Sh- he showed he could be rattled. I'm going to go my next one here. I, You know, I won with Landwehr, a guy that likes to play to the crowd. I'm going to go with another guy that likes to play to the crowd here. I like Kevin Holland versus Santiago Santiago Ponzinibbio. My best bet here, Holland minus 275. Ponzinibbio is 11 and 5 on the UFC, a former contender for the championship. Then came the bad luck, the injuries that forced him out of the sport for almost 2 years. Since his return, he hasn't looked the same going 2 and 3, only beating guys that are no longer in the UFC and were on long losing streaks. Two of those fights by split decision were losses against two elite strikers. Holland, another elite striker. And the difference here, Holland is ginormous for this weight class. So Holland moving to 170 pounds, one of the smartest decisions this guy's ever made. He started out at 185, but the strength of the wrestlers were especially hard for him there. They kind of kept him on the ground. He wasn't able to get up. At 170, welterweight. This guy's six foot three, 81 inch reach, almost unfair in this weight class. Since Holland made the move to welterweight, he's two and one in the weight class. His only loss was to the puzzle that is the Wonder Boy, a tough cookie to crack in the top 10. Thompson was hit more in that fight than any other fight in his UFC career by a long shot. Holland even dropped Thompson in round one. And uh, to top that all off, Holland suffered a broken hand early in the fight, as early as round one. And between rounds four and five, the only reason it was stopped, his corner had to throw the towel in. Holland fought with a busted hand, a striker with a busted hand. He fought another three rounds. I see Ponzinibbio turning to takedowns to try and win this one because of the nine-inch reach advantage. But at 170 pounds, Holland has shown the ability to get up 
fast. My best bet here, Holland the Killer shows up and puts on a striking showcase. I don't know if he's going to get the finish, but it's going to be there's going to be some hits here. There's going to be some damage in this fight, that's for sure. Absolutely, and I already have money on him. So, yep. case closed. Yeah. Ah, later <laughs> rounds, later rounds, you're throwing the towel. I understand that's a business decision, but what a tough one to make. I wouldn't want to make that at yeah. all. And he just uh he just couldn't use he fought basically three rounds one-handed. He just could not use that hand. It was hurting so bad. Uh, uh, it's that measure of that heart all right let's take a deeper dive shall we you want a deep dive let's do you a want a deep, deep dive? dive and we got a familiar name on this deep dive let's, my let's, man let's deep dive man <laughs> let's start out with the catch weight fight and i'll explain for anyone who's listening to the podcast that doesn't understand that i'm going to let you explain what a catch weight fight is but we've got trey ogden versus ignacio Bahamondes. Bahamondes is favored slightly, uh, minus 290 in this fight. John, what's a catchweight and who do you yes. like? So basically a catchweight. So this is the fight that you were recapping that got canceled. So Trey Ogden was supposed to fight a different guy. It was two weeks ago. Well, the weight cut's tough for him, so they allow an extra five pounds in this fight. So instead of fighting at 155, then now they're going to be able to fight at 160, and you're still considered making weight. I like Baja Mendez a lot here because it is a catchweight fight. Baja Mendez is the bigger man. This dude's six foot three. And this is going to be a much easier weight cut for him. They always say the last three pounds of a weight cut are the toughest. This guy gets to come in five pounds. Basically, you get to come in five pounds overweight. Bahamundes is a high output striker that should land enough to win a decision if he needs it. Nice. I like it a lot. And because it's a catchweight fight, you may or may not see it on your app or at your casino or however you're betting. I'm, I look just now and, and I can see that it's on uh, the MGM. Um, you know, the, the, the odds have changed just a little bit, but um, not that much, but it's there. It's there for the yeah. taking. So, you know, a lot of casinos though, they kind of get squeamish and they don't have algorithms in place for that kind of stuff. And they it just took say, a while nah, to I'm show not doing up. it. It took it a did. while to show up. Yeah, was not there early, early on. The yeah. Nope. And, Speaking of which, fights that haven't shown up yet. I'll let you introduce yeah. this one, but this is another one that hasn't shown up on my book yet. Ooh, let me check as well. Why? Let me introduce it, and then I'll check, and then I'll chime back in. So I also like Bahamondes in, the, in that fight as well. But let's go to the heavyweights, right? Carl yes. Williams, a heavy favorite versus Chase Sherman. John. So Carl Williams, it's an interesting matchup here, interesting heavyweight matchup. Williams is the wrestler that wins with tons of control time. He trains at American Top Team, one of the best gyms in the country. Sherman, Chase Sherman, he's already been cut from the UFC once. He has not translated well to the UFC at all. He was 12-1 and when he arrived. Then he goes 4-10 and in the big show. I see Williams easily winning what some will call a boring fight. And to be honest with you guys, that's what the daddy sharps is about we're not looking for the flashy big fights we're looking for just profit and we don't mind that this is going to be a boring fight williams is going to take this guy down relentlessly lay on top of him and get the victory for us through control time john you had me at the words heavyweights <laughs> yes and wrestler yes and, bo and boring yes <laughs> That plus that plus that equals a really boring fight. But who cares? If yep. you're winning cash, you're winning cash. Look, for me, it means leaving too much discretion 
to the judges is the only thing. Like, you've got to do something to show them that you're doing destruction, that you're doing takedowns, that you're scoring points somehow. You don't want to leave any doubts. I don't want to be on the wrong side of a split decision on this one, so I'm probably off this fight. However, I saw that, is this the one that you thought was in question of being uh, listed or not? Because it is. Yeah, so the so the reason it hasn't been listed, Carl Williams, at my book at least, or it wasn't before this podcast, Carl Williams fought four weeks ago. So it's a short turnaround time. Mm, so he okay. took this on short notice. So that's why that's why they didn't put it out there yet. I'm surprised to see his minus 500. Yeah, and 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 I just double checked right before, uh, or just right now while you were talking, and it's dropped a little bit. So now it's minus four hundred. Yeah, um, but still, I would still call that a heavy favorite. Yep. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, I gotta I gotta add something here. Doing my research on on Williams here is very interesting. So Chase Sherman was a former collegiate football player. Mm-hmm. So he's That's an right. athlete. That's right. Carl Williams is from the U.S. Virgin Islands. This That's guy right. actually ran track and was in the Olympic qualifier in track, a heavyweight. Can you imagine? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Who would have guessed it? <laughs> That's a lot of weight to move really quickly. Yeah, at an elite level. He didn't make the Olympics, but he was in the race to go. <laughs> Amazing. Cage ain't that big. No, no. So he'll be able to <laughs> he'll be able to chase him down. Sherman can't s- run forever. <laughs> no, I'm eager to see that fight as well. Uh, let's move on. We've got another battle between middleweights. We've got Gerald Mershertz. Oh, one of my favorites here. Versus Joe Pfeiffer. Another one I like. Pfeiffer. <laughs> a slight favorite. Minus 185 or around there. John, who do you like in this one? <laughs> So this one's this one's tough for me because over the past few years, I've always gone Mearshart as a winning by finish, winning by submission, and he has delivered. You look at his last four fights, he's he's delivered with finishes. But Pfeiffer, I saw this guy in a Dana White contender series the second time around. This guy looks really good. Never finished by a sub or knockout. In fact, the only fight he lost that didn't go to the scorecards. It was on a Dana White contender series the first time due to a shoulder injury. This guy could wrestle. This guy can hit. He can hit hard. I like him in this matchup. This is going to be the best guy he's ever fought. So it's a real test for him. But I, I kind of like him. I kind of like the hype behind him. Well, this is where champs and contenders are made, right? In these kinds of bouts. Let's see yes. what you got. Get a test on your uh, on you. But uh, yeah, we, we look, we talked about this when, when the card came out when, uh, early, early in the week. Um, I really want to lean toward Mar- Mercheret, but um, uh, it's just too close for comfort to me. I, I agree with you with Piper. It's just kind of scary. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to be off this one, but I agree. That one is going to be so much fun to watch. You know, and speaking of that, there's so many fights on this card that are just going to – this is a great card just just for, for watching, just pure MMA. This is yeah. fantastic stuff. A lot of, a lot of action in this card. This one, though, this next fight, oh. uh, it's one that uh, I might be breaking mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. rules here. Might be mm-hmm. breaking some Daddy Sharp rules, but let's see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. We got Raul Rosas. <laughs> He's a slight favorite, minus 270 versus Christian Rodriguez. This is a bantamweight fight. John, you're breaking the rules, maybe a little bit, bending them. I wouldn't say breaking them, bending them. Just a little bend, just a little bend. So in the fight we just broke down, we said Pfeiffer is going to be tested. In this fight, 
I hate to say this, but I'm going to have to say it. They put Rosa in there with a UFC veteran, and I probably hesitate to bet it. This kid's 18 years old. But Rodriguez seems like a sacrificial lamb here. UFC, <laughs> that's right, baby. UFC wants Rosas to put on a show in front of a live audience on a pay-per-view card, and this is it. Rosas has shown the ability to take down fighters, and guess what Rodriguez does? What's that? He has shown the ability to be taken down rather easily. Ten times in three fights, that's not good. Rodriguez loses ugly here, and we could see him on the cut list on Monday. Nice Nice prediction. Get the mint jelly. We're getting lamb chops. And Easter is right around the corner, baby. Mm, mm. So far, we are 100% agreed, my friend. I like Rosas. I really do. Despite kind of breaking the rules or bending the rules is what we said. On UFC debuts or rookies, I'd still call him a rookie in the UFC, but this kid is good. I like Roses a lot. Let's go to the co-main event, a welterweight fight. We've got Gilbert Burns, a massive, massive favorite versus Jorge Masvidal. John, you got to go with Burns. Oh, I love Burns here. Despite being 36 years old, I don't see him slowing down. This is one of those guys that's fighting every month, whether it be jiu-jitsu, grappling matches, MMA fights. This guy just loves to fight. He's a great submission guy, fantastic striker, only man to test Chimaev. Great fight. Masvidal at 38 feels like his best days are behind him. Granted, he fought Burns and Colby, but he gave up 13 takedowns in the last three fights. I think Burns knows what he has to do here. Get this man to the ground. Masvidal is kind of a one-dimensional fighter. Burns can do it everywhere. We saw it. We've seen it for years. So I I love Burns in this fight. And yeah, he, a little ahead, a little side oh, note oh, here. Oh, a little daddy a sharp little, interruption. I a, a little daddy John. sharp interruption. I'm sorry. I apologize. It just Go came ahead, to my mind. Sir. Burns minus 500. That's a lot. Like that's that's a huge bet there. What I do like is Burns by finish. I like him finishing this man in his hometown. Plus 100. That's tasty. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize it was his hometown. That 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 speaks a little bit more, doesn't it? Mm. Yes. Well, Masvidal's, Masvidal's hometown. And Ger- oh, Gilbert Burns God. is one of those guys that would love to ruin the homecoming. Love it. <laughs> okay. I have a confession. Ooh, let's hear it. I didn't break down this fight because I just saw that it burns all the way. It <laughs> yep. burns all the way. Yep. <laughs> I don't know who's fighting where. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Burns wins by a lot here. Uh, you know, do you, do you, okay, let me ask you this just for um S's and giggles. Do you sprinkle a little bit on the Masvidal for the payout? I say no. That's yeah. plus 375 right now. Yeah. I think this I one think... ends early like you said. I think it's is a finish all the way. Yeah. I if if you're going to do that, you should just go the fight finishes because there's no other way Masvidal is going to win. If you're going to do that, you should just like not gamble. All right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, Johnny boy. Johnny boy. We are on. interesting. To the main event in UFC 287, Alex Barrera versus Israel Adesanya. Adesanya, the slight favorite here. I went back because I've watched these fights, but I went back again and watched a lot of Adesanya's fights today. Yeah. And he's favored. Uh, uh, even after the last time these two met, this is a middleweight championship fight. I I, I want I want you to kick us off here. This is going to be a good fight. Uh, this one, this one's tough for me to break down, but I like the underdog here. You're getting the champ, 
and the winner against Adesanya. He's already beat him three times. You're getting this guy a plus money. The way to beat this man is not trade shots with him. Use MMA. Adesanya, he's already shown he's not interested in doing that. He's insisted on fighting a kickboxing match the last time out and tasted defeat again against what Joe Rogan calls the boogeyman. This is Adesanya's boogeyman. Adesanya, great striker, amazing striker, one of the best in, in the UFC. Unfortunately, Herrera is his equal, but also has knockout power. I see this fight ending with Buffer saying, and still the middleweight champion, Herrera. I agree. You are preaching to the choir. Herrera is the better all-around fighter. And if you watch that fight again and again and again, it's just, man, he... There, look, okay, he's got better strike ratio, better takedown ratio. But in their last fight, he had that energy in those, the, that final round. And he had not only did he have the energy, he had that power in reserve. That guy can punch, man. He can punch down the stretch. Pereira's going to win this, hands down. And you're getting a, it's it's that old betting thing. You're getting a, you're getting a champ at plus money. If you're getting a champ at plus money, you got to take the champ at plus money. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right. Like, look at Leon Edwards. He was plus money against Deuceman. You're getting the champ at plus money. <laughs> and you good. never get it. You've got to take that bet. All right, my man. Let's recap our best bets for UFC 287. I like Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. My best bet here, Holland minus 275. And I also like Rob Font versus Adrian Yanez. I like Yanez minus 185. I like both of those as much as you do, my friend. For my first best bet, I'm going with the underdog, Steve Mean Machine Garcia. <laughs> like to win one. against Shylon, the Wolverine, Nordenbeka. Look at this guy just showing off with the names. Yeah, I know. But uh, mm. Garcia is mm. going to win that. Trust me. Yes. Gaslam. Kel Kelvin Gaslam is going to win over Chris, the action man, Curtis as well. He's in better shape. The guy is more seasoned. He's got more experience. That is another best bet for me. Well, that's going to do it for the Daddy Sharps podcast this week, everyone. Remember, always gamble responsibly and within your means. And the bets that we share are based on our own research. We don't always win. Be sure to check us out on social media. Look for Daddy Sharps on Facebook and at Daddy Sharps on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to be back next week with all our best bets and much more. Heck yeah, we are. But John, first, I think you this week have a question for all of us. Go ahead. Who is your daddy? Oh, I know that one. We are. Stay sharp, everyone. Stay sharp.